Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bigfoot Club. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Ash Tucker, Chris Collins, Stephen Robert Dominguez. Believe in us. Believe in Bigfoot Club. Because we are too sweet. Hey everybody, Bigfoot Club. Season 2, episode 16. I'm your host, Robert Dominguez, and with me is Ash and Steven. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. How you guys, Hello. How you guys doing? Hanging in there. Yeah, we're still, we're still uh, hanging in there. You still quarantined? Still quarantining. Good old Carrollton. And I'm still working like a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that to Earl whenever we were doing the wrestling segment. He asked me how I was doing. I said, I'm working like a dog. <laughs> what kind of dog? Because sometimes dogs don't really work anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's how I've been working. That's a, that's a quote from I Love You, man. Yeah. yeah. Working like a dog. Uh, um, like a dog. I did want to say that I I did uh, the Dark Side of Insanity podcast on the Paranormal Junkyard um, channel with James Minyard. Minyard? Uh, did Maynard. It on, yeah. Maynard, sorry. Maynard? Like. <laughs> From Tool? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did his show on Friday, and it was actually actually pretty good. He actually had some good questions, so I was really, really, I was really happy with it. And, right on. Um, we, you know, we were jumping around between Bigfoot and Paranormal, so we were, we were hitting all the aspects of it, and, um, what do you... What do you, you know, I kind of, I think I kind of touched on um, if Bigfoots were affected by EMF. And I thought that was actually, that was actually pretty good. Cause he was asking me yeah. about, he was asking me about what was the scariest place I've been. Uh, I said Brown Springs by far. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, I went there for Bigfoot stuff and I felt like it was there for paranormal almost in a way. So yeah. that, mm-hmm. that, that place was. It's possible, but you know. It could have just been them because a lot of people describe that, you know, you get that like being watched ominous feeling, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. And I, w- I would think that they would be, I mean, I think anything with the brain yeah, would be, you know, cause it's full of electricity. So, um, and yeah. St- Steven was telling me that it was cutting off a lot. Was it, was it Steven? Yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I got to the part where you were, you were, uh, uh, talking about uh, the, um, I don't know if we should talk about it, but like a guy who was going through something where he saw like a shadow, his dog uh, was parking or something, and oh yeah, 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 and and the yeah, he's saying, I'm, uh, "We are many," and it's we are many, with, yeah. like, yeah. So I was like, and then it cut off right there, and I was like, "What the heck?" So I'd have to exit out of the website or that player, and then reload it and open it up again, and it would start all over. Like, oh, really? It was. Uh, so I get to. He's using, I think, Spreaker. I've never heard of that. I haven't either. So yeah, that's. I was. But the quality was great. Yeah, I think I I think it's probably better to listen to because I actually went back and listened to it just to see if I could hear any of the cutoff spots. Mm Because like, whenever I whenever I was doing a show, because I was doing a show through the Rodecaster Pro, 
I heard a bunch mm-hmm. of feedback from Maya, and I can hear myself double like again. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I said, oh, I hope it doesn't come on the. So I went back and listened, and I did. I couldn't hear it. So that's good. Yeah, huh. it was, it's kind of weird, but um, I might listen to it. One day. I don't know. I was in here. Yeah, watching Star Trek. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're watching. Uh, what's it? Deep Space Nine. No, I'm still watching Picard. Oh, Picard. Okay, right on. Oh, I gotta finish okay. watching that. That's, it's so good. That's what it's I, ridiculous. It's like I don't know. If you're just like a novice fan, it might be kind of meh, but it's definitely like really, really fan oriented. I feel like you know. It, it had a bunch. It had some cameos. Yeah, there, right? it did. It did not nearly enough for my taste, but it yeah. was good. <laughs> you know, of course they can't have every single body. You know, they got to bring in new people and all that stuff. You yeah. know, which they weren't. It was good, you know. They didn't just bring new people in for the sake of it. They actually had good character development. Good. It's really violent, though. I didn't expect that. Oh, my gosh. But since it's on streaming <laughs> instead of on cable, they can get away with that. And they say the F word sometimes. You've heard, you've heard oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, not, it's not on regular TV, so. Yeah. It's on the, the CBS All Access, so, yeah. Like streaming streaming stuff? Um, did they have the where you know how like whenever the ship hits something and they like fly and there's like debris just comes out of nowhere, just <laughs> like you when know? they drop out of warp. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I always love that. So where does that stuff come from? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about you know. <laughs> yeah. Space is. There is one character that said, you know, we're in space, but space is anything but because it's full of everything. Yeah. There's like, you can't touch nothing because it's far away. But it's forever and it's all kinds of shit out there, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, actually, yeah, go and I'll, I'll actually post a link on if anybody's interested in listening to that interview I did. I'll post it on the Bigfoot Club tonight. Uh, I think I already did, but I'll just do it again. So. <clears throat> So what I wanted to talk about tonight, which was actually what I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, and it's not Bigfoot related, it's uh, Indrid Cole. So uh, I know you guys, we talked off show about it. Um, Just before we start talking about it, I just wanted to get y'all's take on it. What what do y'all think about the subject or in general or whatever? I think it's really interesting. It is interesting. Um, Um, I believe. Would you call it paranormal, or would you call that? Uh, mm. Is there is there a word for that? It's you, it, ufology. Yeah, well, ufology. How? Because you know technicalities, but how I've always heard it is like paranormal would deal with anything like UFO. Like right. Supernatural would be more so like spirits and stuff. So I would, right. you know, paranormal is anything outside of the realm yeah. of what we are understood science. Yeah, it's it's not an animal, so it's not cryptid. So, um, but man, I've always been interested in this, and, and I thought for the longest time, and we'll get more more into it. But I, I you know, go tied into the Mothman prophecies. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, a lot of times it is classified as cryptid, and people think that it's that he's the same thing. I don't like to call it it. Yeah. He's the same entity as the Mothman, but I don't really believe that. I think it's just it was around the same period yeah. of time, you know. But, I mean, they could have been there for the same reasons. Yeah. It just, mm. because if you take what the Mothman sightings are and the description of that and then what he is, it's like. Yeah. 
two totally different things. Yeah, his his sighting was like, you know, and I know we'll get into it. Is that it was ten days before the first sighting of the Mothman? Mothman yeah, yeah, so it was kind of almost in the same vicinity, not in the same city, but like in the same mm-hmm. tri-state area. So that was kind of interesting. I've always thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's like that whole area that West West Virginia, right. Kentucky is like, yeah, it's like a center, like an epicenter for strange, unusual yeah. stuff. So. Um, Anyway, um, but you guys did actually see the the Mothman Prophecies movie, right? Of course, Steven? Yes. Okay. Just yes. Several several times. So I don't care what anybody says. That was a good movie. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It was yeah. very it was very like entertaining, but it just it wasn't historically <laughs> correct, right? Huh? It wasn't. No. Like no, no. Um, no, because it's set in like. At the time, present day, yeah, and everything like that, yeah. you know, which I'm not sure why they chose to do that, but they did. <clears throat> and you know, of course, there's, I don't think, I think there's a lot of composite characters and like Richard Gere's character. I don't, yeah, I don't think anything like that happened. It's just kind of they took the story, put this person in that situation, yeah. you know, put their own spin on it. But from just like a a movie standpoint, I don't know. It's good. It has that. It gives you that. It's really good giving you that ominous feeling. Like, yeah, it was. It, yeah, I'm a. I'm. You know, I know a lot of people were watching it for Richard Gere, but I was watching it for Deborah Messing. Laura Lenny. Laura, Laura Lenny. Laura Lenny. She. Yeah. Oh, she's always been like my. I've always had a huge crush on her. Understandable. So. <laughs> so she always plays yeah, like a. She's pretty. A no bullshit character to you a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does. Did she play the sheriff on there? Yeah. Yeah, she does. Number four, number she, thirty-seven. She had a gun. She had a gun, <laughs> as most cops tend to for their safety. Hopefully, but uh, but yeah, it was a really good movie. I just wanted to play this really quick. <laughs> that I, I always love that. I've always loved that. I, I I didn't I didn't download the one about his shoe. He goes where's he goes, he goes where's my watch in your shoe? Yeah, you should have downloaded that under the bed. <laughs> So. Yeah. What's on my left hand? <laughs> yeah, that was. What's interesting about that part is it, it wasn't in the book, like anything about the calls being made. And there mm-hmm. was um, several people that got calls, but they didn't really talk about it. And there's. Yeah. I can't really think off the top of my head other things that are in that movie, but there's several things that were not in Kiel's book that made it into the movie. Yeah. And not really, they're not really sure yeah. how those people found out about I wish, it. I wish I read the book, actually. I heard. I've been trying to find that book, but every time I go to a bookstore, they don't have it. Yeah. So I think my best way is just find it online. Um, I, I actually, I think I have a PDF of it. I can, I can send it to you. Oh, so, send it to me. Okay. okay. Um, but I did. I, I, I haven't read all of Mothman prophecies. I, I've, I've read the. I think most of the parts that had Andrew Cold in it. Mm-hmm. And then I listened on audiobook um, visitor visitors from Lanulos. That was interesting, very interesting. I listened to it twice, and uh, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it um, once once we get started. But Indra Cold, the Smiling Man, the Grinning the Man, grinning man. <laughs> is uh, is reported to be a human human like appearance, and hi- highly uh, associated with UFO activity, and sometimes believed to be an alien. So I know there was like there was like three sightings. I had always thought when I first started reading the story, I always thought that it was he was an interdimensional like time traveler. That's what mm-hmm. I kind of thought, but it's possible, you know, a lot of 
uh, stories like, you know, I was trying to tell you about um, like Billy Meyer mm-hmm. and whatnot and allegedly these these beings that mm. visited him from the time he was a little boy until I guess probably his death. Uh, oh my gosh. Is that me? <laughs> anyway, um, that I think they, they were interdimensional. They traveled in space and time and like they would just take him with them on their little spaceship when he was a boy. Yeah. And, um, you know, reincarnation, all kinds of stuff. But what's interesting to me as you know, I'm about 50-50 about the stuff I believe on him, like mm. up until, because he had the UFO pictures, but I feel like, you know, they don't, they look kind of hokey, you don't ever see the actual beings, you mm-hmm. don't see inside, like, you know, there's like a picture from, quote unquote, inside the spaceship, but you don't ever see the interior, you just see out the window. Yeah. I think that he made those pictures just so people would pay attention, mm. what he had to say, kind of, yeah. but he met with uh, so many like foreign dignitaries and he was like just you take the alien aspect out of his life like he was in the french foreign legion and all this stuff so he's been through a lot of places yeah so. he met gandhi he met saddam hussein he met all kinds of people wow but it's like he had to be no bullshit if he was like meeting with these people and these spiritual advisors and these national leaders and stuff like that and advising them and talking to them and you know, there was a big sighting that he had in, I think it was India. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Yeah. That several people, you know, said that they were there, you know, a lot, not just like one or two, like, yeah, probably like 20 or more, but it's interesting, you know? Yeah. That's, that's actually, um, it's, it's whenever you read stuff like that, it's just like, uh, okay, this is. It's just like the tip of the iceberg. You know, oh, like yeah. So it much. Just, it keeps going. And so going much layers to it. So, um, the first sighting. I don't know if this was. I, this is just. This is just my opinion. The first mm-hmm. sighting of Andrew Cole was on to, uh, October 16, nineteen sixty-six, by two boys in New Jersey, uh, walking on Fourth Street. Um, Martin Mouse Mon- Monov. I'm probably gonna butcher his name. Monov, and James Yakatitis. And, and you um, nailed that one, though. Huh? You probably nailed that one, but yeah. the other one that's like two syllables. Smite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they're walking along, and they. Uh, the story on this one was there was uh it was a police report of a lady being chased by a guy wearing a metallic green outfit. Mm-hmm. So they were, I guess they were huh. they were out checking it out. Um. That was kind of odd, and um, they said they were walking down uh, this street, and they saw, um, they noticed this figure was on this other side of this fence, and um, he's wearing a metal green suit, <laughs> and stared at them with a huge grin, mm-hmm. and um, they saw this thing, they both turned around and looked at it, and then they, they took off running, and they said that this 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 being didn't have any nose, didn't have any ears, ball headed. Yeah. And he had like a metallic green and he was just smiling. And he didn't, I guess he was on side of the, like the other side of the fence. On the other side of the fence was like a really steep incline and they don't know how he got there. And right. it was just kind of odd. So that was the first sighting of him. So, which I find interesting too, because other than the grinning aspect, it's totally different than yeah. anyone else describes him, which maybe it, he, that's what he actually looks like. 
and the other was a disguise or these boys just were full of it yeah <laughs> you know i don't know um did they actually report it yes. before yeah and any of the others okay. yeah it was it was uh it was reported and i think stephen keel picked it up and okay. put it he put it in uh, the mothman prophecies book right so um i was just you know because things like that travel around and and uh once one person sees something weird, everybody does, you know? Yeah. So I was just kind of wondering, it's like it's so off from what everybody else has described him as, if that was why, or who knows, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the second sighting was, uh, and we're going to probably talk a lot more detail of this, um, um, November 2nd, 1966, in Park in Parkersburg, West Virginia, by Woodrow Derenberger. Dar- he was driving home. Darenberger. Yeah, he was driving home on Interstate 77. And um, he was a, I think, a, sold, he was a salesman. Yeah, he was a, he was a salesman for, for sewing machines and, like, stereos, I think. Right. And so. Uh, JC, uh, JC Penny, yeah, that's right. And then, like, he was driving down the road. He had, like, a, a panel truck. He was driving down the road. And uh, one of the one of the machines, I don't know if they have. Andrew Cole did this. It just started coming on, like on, <laughs> like on close encounters. Yeah. So the the like like one of the machines in the back like fell off. So he stopped and uh, oh, fixed okay. it, and then decided to go again. And I, I a car had passed, and then another vehicle. He thought he, which he thought was a vehicle, mm-hmm. was actually uh, alien again, like close encounters. Yeah. <laughs> Where it comes uh-huh. up behind Dustin or not Dustin Hoffman? Um, I forgot his name. Yeah, but. Uh, where it comes up behind him and he's like, "Go around me, go around me." And yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. <laughs> that's probably where. That's probably where they got it's it. It's possible. From. I mean, so I'm sure there's a dozen stories like that. So he he says that this this alien craft like pulls in front of him like 20, 25 to twenty feet in front of him and parks it. You know, it kind of goes at an angle and it blocks both lanes. And then I guess it gets gets over and kind of it kind of makes him stop. Door opens and this gentleman walks out. And he says he, he says in the in the book in his book that it was he was a pleasant looking man, mm-hmm. and he was like well tanned, uh, had his arms crossed, where his knuckles were up inside his armpits the whole time. He had a he had a mm-hmm. he had a smile on his face. His head, he said his hair was slick black slick back black. It was black and it was slick back. Slick, slick. <laughs> say that three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't say it once. <laughs> So he was he was walking at an angle, like I think in, like in front of his truck, and the headlights were hitting him, and he's walking over to the window, and then asked him to roll down the window. And um, he said at this point he was like he was frightened, and you know, and then he realized that this this person wasn't wasn't talking wasn't, verbally. He was, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't talking, talking verbally. verbally yeah. So he was talking to him to telepathy and uh he was afraid to answer and then um cold said you know um you can you can speak to me verbally or you know with your mind so i think uh he talked he says in his book and in his interview he talked verbally to him so he rolled on the window and he asked him who his name was he said it was woody and he said his name was cole and that um and that you know that his name was cold and that he had met them no harm and he was a person just like he was. He slept and 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 bled and um and you know died just like just like everybody else. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So mm. but he motioned toward 
He didn't point, but he motioned to the to the city. He says, "What what is that over there?" And he said, "It was uh, Parkersburg." And he says, that, "Is that where everybody lives?" He says, um, "No, that everybody lived like in um, the suburbs and stuff like that." And he says, "Where he's from, that's what they call gathering." The city is called a gathering, so like not necessarily where they live, but where they work. Yeah, yeah. So that That's was interesting. That that was interesting, and then, um, and then from there he um he said that he should he sh- he should report this incident to to the authorities, and that he would be in touch with them soon. And he said that while he was talking to him, the craft went like 40, 50 oh. feet up in the air, and so and there was vehicles coming by. And he flat out told him, it's like you report what you saw here. Yes. is That's what's interesting, too. It, it is, because, you know, the like the, the men in black, they they kind of tend to, like, shut people, shut people up. up. yeah. And, and oh, yeah, he, he did say that he was he was a seeker, which was, I thought was kind of different. I've never heard that before, but I don't read a lot of UFO stuff, but the, what the, the same stuff that I do read is I never heard that before, so it's kind of odd. And, I mean, allegedly, you know, there's all different kinds, and there are uh, ones that they are kind of trying to help humanity get to the next level. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's kind of a theory too. It's like necessary, not necessarily that aliens are from another planet, but some of them might be us from the future. Yeah, or from a different, like parallel sort of thing, more advanced. You know. Um, that's Man. why a lot of times they show up during bad things like yeah. huge disasters, wars, nuclear events, things like that. You know, um, yeah. He he did tell William that he was from the planet Lanulos, and it was. He says in this part it was near the galaxy of Gametes. Gametes, probably getting that wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he later changes it to the, it was in the galaxy of Gametes, but. Um, I thought that was interesting, and then he told um, Woody that he would see him again, and they, you know, they they would. He said, "We will meet again." Mm-hmm. He didn't say "I." He said "we." Right. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting too. So, so he, he goes back yeah. to the ship, and the and the ship takes off. So he goes home. He you know tells his wife, and they call the authorities, and you know authorities come and talk to him and stuff. So they're like, um, "Okay, breathe into this." <laughs> And uh, the third sighting, um, it was during the same time period, or same period of Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia. The Lily family reported uh, poltergeist activity in their home, uh, such as diamond-shaped lights. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lily daughter, Linda, was sleeping uh, one night and woke up with a man standing over her. That's, nope. cre- that's creepy. <laughs> so, it ain't about that. Long. Yeah, that's... Nope. It was a man, a big man, a very broad. Uh, he couldn't, I couldn't see his face very well, but they could see him grinning. That is mm-hmm. weird. Um, he walked around the bed and uh, stood right over her. Uh, she screamed and went under the covers and then came back and he was gone. Mm-hmm. So that 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 could just be. A dream. Yeah, a dream. Uh, yeah. A, a ghost. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I Entity. mean, that's a common thing yeah. you know in a common dream you know a lot of people think that they're either being abducted visited because it's you know like sleep paralysis i mean i've done that before too where you're still not totally awake but you go and like open your eyes but you can't move or you can't do anything but your brain is aware yeah. but you're still kind of asleep and dreaming 
and it is freaky. Yeah. You know, um, that's where like succubus lore and and all con- kinds of stuff like that come from. Like sleep paralysis, like that, and um, you know, like people see gray aliens a lot of times, but mm-hmm. our brains are kind of hardwired to see that. Yeah. From uh. From the time we're born, because when we're little babies, we can't see. So it's like, look for big eyes and mouth. And that's like ingrained in our head. That's why we see faces and things that are not that, you know, like in a wood grain or something like that. Because that's a survival instinct for to look for a face because that's where you can get food, basically, you know? Yeah, there was... um, Go ahead, go ahead, Stephen, sorry. No, I was going to say, it's kind of like how we see... Like in the dark, you know, yeah, you right. see a, a coat hanging and it looks like it's a, a figure. And, and yeah, and you're just like, oh, God, you go into that that fear mode of what is that? If I don't move, it doesn't move. Or you just man up and get up and turn on the light and you just, oh, it's just, it's just, yeah. the, oh, it's just my coat. Yeah. But, you know, that's our that's our primitive brain. Yeah, take that's the used L. To about being in the dark. It's like, well, am I going to take the risk that this is just a figure or is it a predator? Well, I'm going to assume it's a predator. Yeah. take the, yeah. Man, man up, take the L. Yeah, take the L. <laughs> take the loss, get scared. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. So, um, what I what I I was telling you before, I was telling you off show. Uh, I was reading more of uh, the Mothman prophecies. There was there was a section on there. It didn't say it was Andrew Cole, but there was a section in there that said there was about the same time in Kansas City. He said the name of the restaurant, but I don't. I don't recall. I didn't write it down. So, um, but there was a waitress that was waiting on uh, a gentleman that walked in, and she said he was like I don't know, like you know, uh, five ten, five ten and a half, and he had black hair, very tan, had a black hat, and he had a black suit. So he came in. Um, she asked him, "Do you do you want to sit down?" And he says, uh, "Yes." And so she sits him down, and she hands him a menu, and he looks at the menu like he doesn't know what. A menu is, and she says, "Do you want to order some food?" And he goes, "Oh yes, yes, I want to order some food." And so, she he's still looking at the menu like he didn't like he like he can't either read or doesn't know what to pick. Or so she picks goes, "Do you want a steak?" He goes, "Oh yes, I want a I want a steak." So she she doesn't order, brings the steak out to him eventually, and hands it to him, and he looks at it for a long time, and he's looking around at other people at their you know what they're doing how they're eating this food. And so she goes, do you want me to cut it? And so she cut, starts cutting his steak. And then he, you know, he grabs the, the knife and the fork and starts eating. And she goes, you're not from around here, are you? And he goes, no, I'm from another world. So that was, oh. I just had the theme song from that soap opera pocket in my head. And now I'm started singing it. And it's like, people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. Cause that was like 30 years ago. That reminds me of that. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> what? That reminds me of that scene from Road to Perdition where Tom Hanks is in that diner mm-hmm. eating, and uh, Jude Law's character comes in, and we all know how Jude Law looks on that movie. He looks yeah. kind of freaky, and the waitress it pretty much does the same thing. Like, you know, are you from around here? He goes, No, no, I'm not. He starts pouring sugar in his black coffee, and he just looks creepy. I was like, I don't know why I got. He's got that grinning smile too. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of like um, of prophecy. The prophecy movies with Christopher Walken in it when they don't like the angels. They don't understand basic concepts. Yeah. 
Mm. You know, and they're kind of the you know kind of the same in appearance. You know, out of place, long hair, big coat. But I'm glad I'm glad I finally saw the first one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta watch. Yeah, all, you gotta watch all three. They have more than that, and then but they're not. Really I know, the but the Robert Omega, the first one is like. You got to watch the first one. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, the second one got Jennifer Beale in it, so you got to watch that shit. Yeah. Mm. Like. Hottie, yeah. Like Prime, Jennifer Beale. Dang, dude. You, you already sold I don't know. They're there. all about the same. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to preach anymore. You already sold it. Yeah. <laughs> the Viggo Mortensen character playing as the devil. The devil, was yeah, like, that was really yeah. good. The best thing. Yeah. And it was just for like two scenes, and he stole the whole thing. It was. Movie. Yep. I'm surprised it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, not not too many people can outdo Christopher Walken. And creepy. And creepy at the same time. And then in the way, the devil was the good guy, too. I know. He was, yeah. Does, does the devil know how to sew? Get him to sew that. Oh. That's what the devil said to him at the end when he was like, oh. Yeah. Um. And I like the part where, uh, uh, what's her name? Madsen. Virginia Madsen, mm-hmm. character. She just walks in and it's just like, I saw the devil tonight, and she's just like, so. I guess like at that point in time, though, it's like, okay, there's this thing in my my student, and it's this old man that everybody hated, and there's this burnt up guy in my attic, and <laughs> it's like, I saw the devil tonight. Then just add that to the list of shit going on here. Um, my bad. That's good. Um, we can we can go deeper into uh, Andrew Cole's dealing with uh, Woody Derenberger uh, a little bit. Um, Do that, yeah. Because actually, it's just like some weird stuff on there. Um, well, and they they basically he became a family friend. Like him yeah, and him and his he had what two two companions and two sons. Um, or just that? one. One. Just one, yeah, just and one. Two sons. He had he had two sons, uh, and um, he had a daughter. Mm. He had just had a daughter, like in I think December or something. Um, but, no, uh, I meant Indrid, not oh. not no no not Woody. I, no no that's that's Indrid had a daughter yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that, but I do remember like that he wanted you know allegedly recently you know spoiler yeah that he died in a crash mm-hmm. with. Uh, with one of his companions, and I can't remember what his name was, but it was uh, Demo Hassan, okay, and Carl. Okay, so then, then there was two, yeah, was, two companions, yeah. and then he had mm-hmm. his kids yeah. too. So it's like they were just basically family, yep, more or less with these people, and they still, you know, they say that they're allegedly, you know, Woody's daughter interviews a lot and speaks a lot on it, and says that you know that the sons still visit from time to time, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, that, that was Connor and Connor. Connor and Connored. Connored. Yeah, that was kind of odd, but wow. But um, you know, it, it, it was just kind of odd that you know whenever whenever he did get stuck, whenever he first runs into Indrid, he he talks about I know I didn't say it um, that he was about 180, 182, 185, and uh, he had a very good tan. Yeah, and then he said he was a searcher. And he meant no harm. And um, let's see here. What else did he say? He said, "He says I sleep, I eat, I bleed, just as you do. And his country is not as powerful as yours." I thought that was kind of odd. If you, 
if you could travel and you know different galaxies quick, I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, yeah. I mean, when was this in the in the seventies? Yeah. Um, no, no, this was this was in sixty six. Okay, in the sixties. Well, uh, you the, know, and that's post World War Two. Yeah, the, most of the world was pretty still digging their way out of that. So at the time, yeah, I that guess, was, you know we were. That was during uh, the Vietnam War. Yeah. So, but you know, it's still the Cold World and war, <laughs> and all of that. And the the world is also cold injured. Um. <laughs> but, he um. He he eventually like goes home, talks to his wife, and he's like uh, real nervous. And um, they 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 call the Parkersburg police, and um, they actually come out the very next day. That happens, and then um, he he eventually gets interviewed by um, w, WTAP, um, and he gets you know um, gets interviewed by them, by and like they talk to him for like thirty minutes. And during this time, he he meets with the TV station people, uh, the city police, state police, um, the Air Force. They're interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a it was a reporter from the, the the Centennial Parkersville. So it was a lot of people, and they end up interviewing him from like two thirty to like six o'clock. So, and I think at the wow. at the same time, whenever he's doing that, he gets he gets like he gets famous. He gets famous, and then like everybody in town like shows up to his house. So he comes home from work a bunch of times, and there's like 150 people in his yard. And injured could have been there, and they would have never, never. They would have never known. So that's the, what's interesting to me. It's just like you know, uh, who knows who who's out there? Yeah, they just then we all look the same. But did he ever get the same? But did he ever what? Did he ever get his chapstick? <laughs> no, that was what was in his hand. <laughs> um, but um, I thought I thought it was odd, and um, he goes he goes into work, and this is like the second time I think he runs he he communicates with with Andrew Cole. He's he goes into work at eight p.m. and he's he's driving to work, and um, took my way ahead. But um, he actually, the second time he talks to Indra Cole, he's going to work. Uh, Indra Cole, like, contacts him. His ship is flying over his truck. Whoops. He's <laughs> flying, like, like, like over his truck. And um, he talks to him through uh, telepathy. And he tells him that, hey, uh, don't be afraid. It's me. And, and he, has a, he has a co-worker with him, driving with him. Mm-hmm. And his co-worker kind of figures that, hey, there's something going on here. And he's like, yeah. he's communicating with him and tells him, Tells him that uh, you know that he's gonna you know stay in communication with him, and eventually he's gonna he's gonna break off, and it's gonna be painful. And so once he stops talking telepathy to him, he gets like a slight headache and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I thought that was kind of that's kind of oh, odd. Just so. use the telephone, <laughs> no. like in the movie, man. I'm trying to drive, God. So I think I think you know he meets up with with Indra a, a bunch of other times, and um, he. Like he comes home from work, I think one night, and like he he hears like uh you know through his mind, Indrid standing like in the back of his house, and he says, you know, don't don't be afraid, Woody, it's me, Indrid. And so he's standing like like in the back of his porch, and he asks him if he wants to come in, and he says, no, I don't, I don't want to frighten your family. So he does it, and then um 
he shows him he show he shows him his craft and uh, you know he goes over to the craft and uh, looks inside and um, you know he's thinking to himself because man I don't want to get stuck in this craft but then right. he, but then he realizes hey they can read my mind <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, Indrid tells him um, no it's only if you want to go Woody so and man. which which I thought was kind of interesting is that the family actually talks um, uh, on. The Mothman prophecies that um, he, Woody goes like months or like weeks, sometimes right. weeks. Like he just kind of disappears. Disappears for like weeks, uh, days, weeks, months, mm-hmm. and then all the separate times. And so to me, I, uh, man, it's like, because I was kind of thinking, I said, what if, what if he actually he doesn't go? What if, you know, his he goes in his mind? Like right. he's somewhere else, like he's like laying in, I don't know, a cabin somewhere and. And did did it, did he ever speak on what he was doing when he was gone? I don't remember ever hearing that. I just remember them talking about him being gone and how, you know, it eventually affected his family life and yeah. his marriage. You know, but I don't remember ever him ever yeah. hearing about what what he was doing when he was gone. But you know, um, allegedly when they had this crash that him and the two that Indrid and the two other people. Uh, died in allegedly um i guess you know there's some some shit going on between them and and whoever i i don't really remember but i guess that they were chasing some body and that's why they crashed but yeah they know. were they were actually chasing um and the his book talks about it his mm-hmm. book talks about they were chasing they call them humanoids okay. and they were a different alien race right that would that would steal stuff, right? And it was like there was a there was a story that he was saying a friend of his because like he he actually mentions like family names that people who have seen these mm-hmm. these beans too, but um and I'll get more into it. And then this one this one friend of his came to him and said, "Hey, I got visited by this guy, and he took my watch and he took my shoes." Huh? And um, he asked. What a pain in the ass. You know, I talk about that like with ghosts and stuff or like with, with, with the Bigfoot, you know, yeah. like where they just take stuff and it's like, that would just get on my damn nerves. It's like, I know that I, I've stayed in places where I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, things get moved and stuff. And, you know, that part of me is like, oh, well, I just remembered I put it somewhere wrong or whatever. Or I dropped it. Yeah. But it's like, I'll go in somewhere and be like, don't mess with me when I'm asleep and don't move my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he goes and talks to Indrid and says, hey, was this this craft shows up and visits my friend, takes his watch, takes his shoes. Is was it your people? He says no, and then uh, uh, Indrakol says no, and then says take me to them. So Indrakol shows up. He takes him over to Jimmy, and they go, and it's like these humanoids, and that's what Indrak calls them. And so without fighting with them or doing violence, Indrak makes them get back in their and their and their ship, and his ship escorts their ship out. out. So that was kind of interesting, and so he talks about that a lot. So, and so whenever whenever um, Indrid's, Indrid's vehicle crashes on um, Hellier, um, or when they on talk Hellier. about whenever yeah. whenever they talk about well, it, okay, Hellier, yeah, yeah, not at Hellier, but in the in right, the show on on the show, um, Tanya, his daughter, says that they were chasing uh, a humanoid. Okay. vehicle and that's how they crashed into, in like you know to theirs and so it was kind of odd so do you think she was telling the truth 
I mean, it's in his book, so she probably just used it. I don't know if it's the truth or not. So that that aspect is in the truth. I thought that that was something that had to happen somewhat recently. The the crashing aspect. That's what I mean. Do you think that like she might have been putting on that they're might've, no longer might, Amada, among us to it, the TV cameras? Probably to protect them. Maybe it's possible. Know. But then it's kind of odd that she offers so much. Yeah, she does. But but I don't know, man. But it could be that, I don't know, I just kind of have a feeling that that might not be as, it's hard to say in this situation that I don't think that that part's true. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else, but it just, it just kind of, I have like a feeling that if he is mm. around, that he's not gone, even if like, maybe even if his physical body is. Yeah. Um. What I what I thought was kind of odd in, in his book, in um, William Derenberger's book, um, he was talking about that he actually got invited to NASA, Cocoa Beach, and he did all these tests, and they were asking him all these questions. That always makes me think of I Dream of Genie. <laughs> Cocoa Beach. Because that's where it took place. That's where they worked, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the, he, he claims that, that he got tested by, you know, doctors and uh, psychologists, and, um, and they, he tested well. And then he tested well, and he passed everything with flying colors. And that they refused to release it to vindicate him, and he was upset about that. What were just his mind, the soundness of his mind? Yeah. Okay. And and he was upset about that. And right. So he he goes in, he goes into this spiel, and I won't talk too much about it because it's not about Indrid. Um, he goes into this spiel about how you know the government was holding stuff, and um, of course, and they they didn't want people to know because they the the government had said they would you know make people go crazy and throw babies out of windows. Throw babies out of windows. That's that's a, a little uh, extreme. That's what he said. I'm saying that's what he said in his book. So. <laughs> that's a little extreme, but you know, I mean, until recently, of course, we thought you know. Mr. Lead Singer at Blink-182, you're full of shit, and you're not really doing all this. And then, lo and behold, just a couple of weeks ago, he actually is doing all this shit. And there are actually videos, you I mean, know? I mean, he was claiming he was claiming that um, that he was he was being um, watched by the CIA. And then mm-hmm. he, he talked about this one group. I had never heard of them before. It's called National Investigation Committee on Air Phenomenon. Uh, okay. NICAP. And they okay. and they had approached him and asked him to stop talking about mm-hmm. about UFO stuff, and he says, "I'm not going to. I'm going to talk to whoever I want to about it." So, um, so he he does talk about going to the planet, right? Uh, and he actually talks about when he goes and he went into his ship. Eventually, he goes into his ship, and they go to a mothership that was behind the moon. Okay. And they got docked there, and then they would go. To, he said they went to Saturn, and he talks about like the the crystal mm-hmm. rings and like uh, on the other side of Saturn where it can't be seen. And there's um a, there's ships parked, and then there's like people working there. Mm-hmm. And he he says that his his group's like a part of some kind of intergalactic trading. Are they part of the Federation? <laughs> you were gonna say that. <laughs> Is that you know? <laughs> But uh, he's breaking the prime directive. He is. We haven't reached warp speed <laughs> capacity yet, so he made contact before he was supposed to. But yeah. sometimes accidents happen. I mean, he gets if if you listen to this book. I mean, or if you actually listen or read it, he gets very detailed. He goes mm-hmm. he goes into uh, 
whenever he goes to he goes he, he goes he says he goes several times to Lanulos and uh, that when they arrived he says they had they have three seasons planting harvesting and cold. That's what we used to have back in the day, man. More or less. Yeah. It's like you had and you had winter, winter. Beginning of winter, middle winter, end of winter. Yeah. Then, oh, it's mostly spring now. Now it's time for all the yeah. planting and doing it and babies. And then harvest, 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 dead. <laughs> so he was saying that whenever he made it there, that they, they have streams, they have they have forests, they have deserts. And um, like he was saying, like all the cities there, they have these things called gatherings. It's not called a city. It's called like 27 gathering. And so he, oh. he visited, he visited some of these places. And what I was thought I was really kind of odd is that, um, in, uh, Indrick Cole and his people, they, um, they're, they're actually nudist. No, they're yeah. actually, they're actually nudist. And cool. so, and so they were, they would walk around and he says the people of that planet didn't have never met an earth person before. Were they making fun of his clothes? Yeah, they were. They were they were they were making fun of his clothes, and uh, Indrid and uh, Carl had to talk to him, convince him to get naked. To get naked, and he eventually he does, and he says that he never saw people uh, there that were that were overweight hmm. or or mal- malnourished. They were okay. all they were all fit. Well, if they're more advanced than us, then they probably have better genetics. Better, no diseases, you know, things like that. I yeah, think. Um, yeah. He did. He did say he, which I thought was kind of interesting. He did say like whenever they first went to whenever, and I didn't talk about it when they first went there that he would look at the planet, but he didn't go down because uh, uh, Indrid Cold told him that, that he would have to get a bunch of shots. Oh, yeah. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, for example, I know this is science fiction. Not saying that this isn't, but like in. Uh, World of the Worlds, what wiped out the aliens, the common cold. Yeah. And so and so he, he says the first time they went, that he could only look. And then he thought it was beautiful, and it was like the most beautiful things he's ever seen. And then the second time he went, um, that he was actually able to go down. They gave him a shot. They had to uh, bathe him in some kind of, he said, medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was like They loud. put him in flea tip. Yeah. They pretty, just didn't want to tell him. Yeah, he, he was getting inside <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh. Allows him. <laughs> so he did say, you know, he described a couple of things, right? I thought it was kind of odd is that he described, um, he walked into Indrick Cole's house. He said it was mostly brick and that, uh, he had met his two boys and that he had a daughter. It was like five months old. Her name was Camillus. Uh-huh. And so, um, and that he was, he said, for example, they, what did he say? He said that they were running. They ran their power and their heat off uh, thermal, thermal power. Okay. And it was like really advanced. And like he was saying also that uh, instead of washing clothes, they would like hang them in this room, mm-hmm. and then they would shut the door, and then the, the room would clean the clothes while they were hanging. Interesting. So yeah, so that was kind of. But they he, didn't wear clothes. Well, whenever whenever they they would go to. Oh, okay. They're they're clothes. He, he said that they only wore clothes for special events. Oh, okay. So like celebrations, uh, holidays, stuff like that. And Indrid Cole told him 
that if he wanted to, he could stay there. He could mm-hmm. bring his family and they could stay there forever. And because I think uh, he was saying before that um, Indercold's people were, they lived up to 135 to 175 years. I mean, if they don't have obesity or malnutrition and they probably yeah. don't have a lot of diseases, I mean, that's within reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, people today live into their hundreds, well, into their hundreds now, and they didn't really before because of the advanced medicines. We have, well, more advanced, I would say. Maybe not super advanced, but. So, I I thought that was was kind of odd. And then um, he was saying also that um, Indra Cold asked him, he goes, hey, you you can live here, you can bring your family, you can stay as long as you want, you can go back to Earth whenever you're ready to do it. And he asked, he asked Woody, he goes, would you, would you like to visit a family that's, that's from Earth here? Wow. And he says, yes. And so they were from, they were, they were, I think, um, American, but they got picked up in Guadalajara. Okay. And so they were, I think they were living in a, in a, a retirement place or they were retired in Guadalajara. They got contacted and then they were taken there. And so he met, he met with them and he says they looked about 55 to 60 years old he said they were 90 years old wow and so they were it's happy kind of like, it's kind of like cocoon yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say that too it was, it was kind of like cocoon you know where they mm-hmm. um he he did say that Indrid Indrid talked about and i'm gonna get i'm gonna get religious here he, he said he talked about they were there was one god mm-hmm. there's one god and that they were taught at an early age that everybody's your brother everybody's your sister so mm-hmm. They could not understand why Earth was in so much Division. chaos and war and stuff like that. He says because they were taught at early age to love. Right. Everybody's your brother. Everybody's everybody's your sister. And they didn't understand that. So he tried to explain it to him. There were some countries that lived in harmony, and there was a lot of the ones that that like didn't. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes sense that if they're you know, that much more advanced than us that they've come to that conclusion because, I mean, just to kind of put an example, like I tell the kiddos, it's like you use your words, you use your mind, you don't use violence. Violence is from ignorance. Yeah. And it's primitive. If you want to behave like a smart and civilized person, you don't act like this. Yeah, I think um, that that part... um you know, I wasn't surprised that he was he was posting that, and so Indrid kind of told him that he wanted he, he wanted Woody to speak and make speeches about potentially um, bringing the people from uh, his his planet with Earth and kind of having harmony and seeking and stuff. So Woody, I think Woody goes into like almost like two chapters. Where he talks about, you know, hey, you know, he does doesn't understand. He's tried to he's tried to reach out to, um, you know, the uh, State Department stuff like that, and he wanted to just just tell anybody. So he was actually doing like speeches. Uh, he claims that he actually did a speech. I forgot what college it was. He was doing a speech, and there was a lot of people there. And he took people outside, and he called Indrid, and Indrid shows up. Wow. So I don't know how how factual that was. But he claims that that mm. the people in the class saw this ship, and uh, he was talking to him and say, "Hey, can can you know you know you know can they see the ship?" And he says, "Yes." And he goes, "Okay." Then he takes off. Yeah, you know, to, wow. 
to kind of segue back to what we were just talking about, um, it makes me think, you know, uh, allegedly Tesla mm-hmm. was also visited by entities. He wrote in his journals about mm-hmm. having a dream or something of the like that he was visited by these beings because he was working on a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. And so also allegedly like, you know, Project Paperclip and Rainbow and stuff like the things that evolved from the Philadelphia experiment and into like uh, the stuff at Montauk. He was allegedly working on that and a lot of people that that worked on the atomic bomb come from this and was working on these alien technologies and he had was visited by these beings and they told him you need to stop because yeah. what you're doing is going to lead to it's bad it's going to yeah. lead to destruction and most of the people that worked on that project said you know later it's like i have so much regret and you know about things like that and so it kind of is on par that possibly whoever is visiting these people you know the ones that aren't stealing your shoe are really trying to help us. And, you know, theoretically, some people think, you know, that the people that they do visit are from, like, a... Different times, Well, like a, a hybrid line, the star seeds, mm. indigo children, you know, like this next level of either uh, the next evolution of our species mm-hmm. or a mixture of ours and theirs. That's kind of weird. I mean, if we're that closely related... Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, and it's compatible. I'm, it's no different than Cro-Magnet and Neanderthal. Yeah. Um. So he he eventually you know eventually says that whenever he comes back and forth and that he he is he's actually approached by the by the CIA Project Blue Book, um, lots of people that tells him like and he he's he actually mentions um he doesn't say Men in Black. Because they, they they didn't exist then, or the word didn't exist. But he said he got visited by you know by some people like in his store. They showed mm-hmm. up and they um and they would say, hey, um, you really need to stop talking about this. And he says, well, I'm not going to. And they said they have the power to to stop him. And he says, okay. And he still he's still talking about it. So, um. He called their bluff. I think I think he was he was so popular then, and I mm-hmm. think they they it really could have been too obvious. They couldn't do anything to him, so which I thought was kind of good for his his part because there's probably a lot of people that probably got silenced in um, one way or another. Usually, things like that just intimidation will do mm-hmm. it. Because I mean, if some weird ass looking bald men in suits and fedoras showed up at our front door and told us to shut the fuck up about something, you yeah. probably want to. You know? Yeah, I know. I, I, I probably would. I don't know. So, man. It depends. I call Luke. <laughs> call Luke. Luke. <laughs> what? Men in Black showed up at my house again. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd allegedly had that happen to him too, which I think was oh. interesting. Like he. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> depends on who's looking. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was actually pretty interesting. Uh. And then you know he talk he he does talk about um, going back and forth and how they they you know Indrid would always tell him that hey you know we're just like you you know we can bleed and the only thing is that they have more technology than here so and they can they can make it they can make it through to the galaxy like in he says like twelve minutes. How many parsecs is that? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> so. Or did they use wormhole technology? Which which franchise? Did we yeah. go in Star Wars, Star Trek, or Farscape? I know. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest one. <laughs> um, Starscape's War Tracks. He does talk about another planet. He talks about Venus, but I'm not going to talk about it because that's it doesn't have Indra Cole in it. So, but he does talk a lot about that, and he talks uh, toward the end about how he wants to. You know, he he does talk about you know his family because his his family suffers a lot on this, and so well, yeah, especially with him missing for weeks and months at a time and they have no idea what happened yeah he 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 does say that whenever he got famous that they actually had to move and so Mm -hmm. especially you know people showing up at their house already god yeah because you know on a much much smaller scale you know i I mentioned that too that sometimes we would say where we were investigating on our website or Mm -hmm. our myspace page (laughs) you're dating yourself (laughs) but you know that's a bad idea because people will show up and try to break an inner and yeah. whatever because they will be on TV, you know, or whatever. Yeah, because he he was saying that you know whenever he got all these people coming at his house, he'd call the cops. He said at first he was very accommodating; he would give them cookies. His wife yeah. would give him cookies, and he he says that he would he would give people coffee by the gallons. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, people don't know how to properly take a well bent welcome. Yeah, they will push boundaries and borders and be invasive just because i don't know man you know it's like the paparazzi basically yeah you know they're hiding in your hedges to see Disney well aliens, he, you know he was saying there was dudes sitting in his tree with, with guns what the fuck and so that sounds god that's he said once that's why they were trying to get him to leave this planet and so once once that was happening he said that you know his wife became uneasy uh his son uh was having nightmares yeah, because um, there's dudes with guns in their trees. And so that's scarier than aliens to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So he he, vent, he eventually calls the cops, and the cops come out, and they tell people to leave, and eventually they leave, and then eventually come back. And he he did say that you know there's people there were people that would sit outside you know eating like their lunch and dinner wait, waiting for the spaceship to show up. Like and, it was almost like a cult. Yeah, and he says that. Indra Cold shows up one time in a Volkswagen. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. So he shows he, he shows up in the Volkswagen, gets out, and he talks to you know uh, he he, he, he talks pro- to them. you know he probably walked among them all the yeah. time, and they just never knew, and that's the best part because you know he's probably the one on the tree with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> if he was, they would probably leave a lot quicker. I don't know, man. Um, I just don't understand that why. That's like a first response to people. It's like, oh, there's something different. Let me shoot it so I can like. Yeah, he did. He did say he got he got a lot of call. He would, you know, because eventually, you know, he ends up moving from that house because he says that because he was a salesman, so he worked off commission. He said that a lot of times there were there were people that would call him and act like they were interested in buying a product. And they just and, wanted to meet Yeah, him. and they just wanted to meet him and get his autograph and talk uh-huh. to him about you. So he would drive like 40, 40 miles to go talk to people. And and they just wanted to talk about UFO stuff. And he, Well, you should have bought a damn refrigerator or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, yeah. Yeah, you might buy some sewing machines. Something. They always be closing, man. ABC. <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> Steve is doing Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I love that movie. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I finally saw that movie. You should be happy. <laughs> really? Um, but he he did say that he had to um he had to sell he had to sell his furniture, get up, move away from that house. They went to a summer cabin. It was right on the lake. Uh, it was near the Ohio River. And he said he was. Was it in Hellier? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have been great if it was. No, it wasn't. Um, so he did say that they, they did have uh, some reprieve for like a month. And then some, he said some UFOs showed up and then people found them again. Oh, shit. Oh, damn it. And so. You know, he he did say you know all the stuff that his family suffered, and he doesn't say it, but in other websites it says that um, that he he began drinking, and um, yeah, his his wife left him, and um, he became estranged from his kids, and he remarried again, I think, and then uh, moved. I forgot I forgot where he moved to, but uh, he he eventually moved. But like in the Midwest, wasn't it? I think so. Because um, I think that's where his daughter still lives. It's like. Iowa or something like that. So, you know, he he passed away like in the the nineties, I believe, and um, I think like nineteen ninety nine, ninety eight. I think it was like ninety ninety four, nope. maybe. Okay. I was totally wrong. I don't know what um, I was thinking about. Um, but he's his his daughter Tanya said she did say that uh, Indrit was there. At yeah, the at the funeral, but no one knew who. Well, he of course was. not, because they expect a gray. You know, probably. Yeah. So that was to me that was kind of interesting. So I don't know, um, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the hellier stuff. Okay. So I know it was uh, season two, episode two, and and the dead. Mm-hmm. They actually talk about um, they talk about Terry Wrist. Terry Wrist because like those rumors going around that um, was his name David Christie. Is it, is it David Christie, the one that, that put the the call in? Terry Wrist told right, the right, guy. Right. I can't remember everybody's name. But, yeah, because you know, uh, I've uh, only watched it once. It's been a minute. Ter- Terry Wrist told David Christie to contact. Uh, right. Um, uh, Greg. Greg and Dana. Yeah. So uh, to start the show off, and so a lot of people were saying that um, that David Christie was. Uh, Indra Cold. Indra Cold. Or that Terry was possibly too. Yeah. Right? Well, well, um, didn't they 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 started talking about it in in season one in the episode The Ink in the Black. Yeah. And God, I can't. I always think they, about that. They were talking about um, that the Third Order was MIA, mm-hmm. and and Alan Alan Greenfield, the guy mm-hmm. that wrote. Um, Right, secret cipher right, 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 right. of the euphonauts. Um, yeah, they, they 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 interviewed him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what are you doing? Yeah, Stephen, what are you what are you doing? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, you're making a bunch of noise. Quit moving. Really? You yeah. right? you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. It's okay. Like, well, it's, I think it's I put fine. it. I think I put it on a pillow, and a pillow. I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Made okay. a bunch of noise. My bad. We'll edit um, it out. That's that's okay. I'll <laughs> I'll edit it out. So um. <laughs> So, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> we were talking about Greenberg's book. Terry Rist, Terry Rist, and Alan uh, Greenberg. Alan Green, yeah. Greenfield. Greenfield. Um, he was he was saying that um, in the book that Terry Terry Rist he was interviewing Terry Rist, and so I thought this was kind of interesting because when I when I read that part of the the book, 
and I sent it to you. I sent it to you both. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was talking about uh, the third order. The third order was supposedly this human and subhuman or alien human group mm-hmm. that were here stationed here. Right. They were invited to stay here. Right. And so they were. They were. Um, they were MIA. Mm-hmm. And so they were no longer around. So Terry Riss' version of Indra Cole was that he was a fugitive. I don't know if, mm-hmm. you, if you got that whenever you read it. Mm-hmm. I think so. So I thought it was kind of interesting because Woody's, Woody's version of Ingrid is that he was peaceful and he was looking for, he was looking for, you know, to do. Right. He might not have been a fugitive from his own planet. Yeah. You know, um, if he's dealing with these. Humanoids, yeah, it was probably from them. So, you know, just a yes, yeah, because like it was, it was kind of odd that he was, he's, you know, he he wanted to, he want because the reason why he got in touch with Woody because he wanted to do trade, right? And they wanted to trade stuff because like, um, and then he wanted to do peace, and then like Terry Riss version of Indra Coles that he was, you know, seeking him out to find these grays mm-hmm. and to weed out these grays. And so well, that's what might have changed between. Yeah. Then and there. So the interview interview that uh, Greenfield did with Terry Rist was in 94. Okay. So that's 30 years. Yeah. So plenty could have happened between then. Between now. Those yeah. two periods. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So um, I said, man, because uh, like, and then they, they kind of get into the episode where they actually go visit Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, Woody's daughter, and she's like, it looks like she's like in a, some kind of support home or something. I don't know. Yeah, she's she I don't has know, some sort of disability, disability where she's wheelchair bound. And so she she tells Dana and Greg and the, the crew that um, Ingrid was he was killed. He was killed, and you were you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, I think show. it's bullshit. I mean, yeah. that's just personally just going by how she right. told the story. How you know it just kind of it just feels like maybe. If he was running from something, and they might have had a crash, but I don't feel like he's dead. Yeah, I don't know. I could maybe it's just my my want for it not to be so more than anything. But I don't know. I mean, that would be smart if he was a fugitive, if he was hiding for something or running from something. It's like he's dead, man. <laughs> you know, make himself disappear and maybe change his appearance because if you go from first sighting to now he can blend in and nobody ever notices him mm-hmm. it's possible that he could do that yeah because um opponent i guess uh whenever uh, greenfield and terry wrist are interviewing he was saying that you know that he was he contacted Indrid through that si- that siphon that mm-hmm. i guess it was um i forgot what it's called but it's like a it's a siphon that i I want to say that it was um, kind of modeled by um, what's his name Crowley. Yeah, Alistair like, Crowley. Ad, like so, it's based off like the Golden Dawn stuff. Yeah, um, high magics, magics, and like laws of mathematics, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Which is not you know how how I like to describe high magic. It's just like science that hadn't really a uh, really on, on different levels where most people don't get it. And it's just like, you know, because to me, I, I feel like the spiritual element and the scientific element are one and the same. Yeah. 
we just aren't to the point where we can understand it. Mm -hmm. And these more advanced civilizations do. Yeah. I was, um, when I was reading that part that I sent y'all, um, because he talks about, he talks about that the, I guess he's, he was a Vietnam veteran guy. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he's, he's pretty good with guns from what I, what I could read on that. And that, he used this siphon filter to look up stuff in West Virginia and he applied it to, um, um, Ingrid cold stuff. Mm-hmm. And it came up with a number one, one, two. Uh, and I, I haven't read that much about this siphon, siphon filter. Again. So I don't even, I, I, I imagine if I put it to, yeah, it there's and, a lot of, a lot of stuff with like numerology mm-hmm. and like Fibonacci and yeah. geometry and like sacred geometry. Oh yeah. That's like a huge, huge thing, and it's just it's math. Yeah, it's math, but it's also like God when you get down to it. If you want to call it "quote unquote" that, you know, just like everything. Yeah, it is con- connected. You know, more I did. Or less. I, did, I actually need to sit down and actually read this. Read this book. It's heavy. And, yeah, yeah, read this book and try to get some ideas on it and see because he applied it to 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 colds like um, communications. And it led him, I guess, I don't know how he reached out to, to Ingrid, but he mm-hmm. did it through this siphon filter. And they met at uh, some some place. Um, it's in the tri-state area, not that far from the, I think the first, one of the very first sightings of the Mothman prophecies. So it was actually. The Mothman. Yeah. So, like the TNT. That's yeah. Where it was, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it wasn't too far from that. So that was kind of, to me, that was kind of interesting how he's mentioned in this book and, um, but in his perspective, he's like a fugitive. And so he says that the, the Mothman stuff was was like a homing beacon or some kind of signal. And it was mm-hmm. a it was a failed signal or something like that. So uh, but I got a I don't know, I didn't I, I skimmed through it. I didn't I didn't have a whole lot of time to read it because I right. think I gave it to you at the last minute. So yeah, I, I, I found it at yeah, the last minute. Okay. So, um, well, I mean, they, they touched on it a lot in, in the, the series. And oh man, it it's it's interesting, and yeah. you know, um, it just makes you wonder what's right in front of us all the time, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I may read this book and probably go back and look up some of the Bigfoot sightings that oh, yeah. we did. So <laughs> see if it. You, you tweeted at Greg and he never got back to you, but you know. Yeah. He said before, it's like, man, you can't take it personal because every day he gets yeah, I, I, so I, much I, stuff like that. I, I never have. I haven't taken it that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's a busy dude, man. He's, yeah, I mean, I never, but it just kind of sucks that, yeah, you know, it's probably like most people, they just kind of fling it, click, okay, that one or whatever's at the top, you know. He's breaking necks, cashing checks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's where I need to be, so. <laughs> You know, I think the other day, because I follow him on Twitter and he's yeah. mostly active on there, that people are just like, oh, you're just doing this for the money and blah, blah, blah. And it's bullshit. And you don't, I don't like your format and all this <laughs> shit. And it's just like, you know, it's like, you know what? No, it's like, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate the format that most ghost hunter shows or whatever yeah. is in. It's so hokey. It's so scripted. It's so fake. And I love theirs because it was this documentarian style that they did was yeah it was shot well it was shot well and it didn't feel like i mean believe what you want to believe it didn't look 
scripted yeah. to me, you know, it, it, unless they're really, really good fucking actors, you know. Um, I got. I believed it. You know, it just seemed like people falling down the rabbit hole. It felt like you know the reactions would be what mine would be. You know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Whatever. I love it. Whenever you do voices. <laughs> 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 I need to stay off Twitter, but I get so bored now. You know, because yeah. we're all redoing. We're hanging out for the most part, and. I just, you know, I get on, on shit with that and then Vanderpump. <laughs> like, I feel like, I, I'm like, I don't really know these people. Why am I like in their Twitter yeah. bullshit? But they put it out there and it's public. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought it was kind of interesting how, you know, you know, Ingrid just, you know, he shows up in. A documentary now or he's mentioned or i just i, I don't want to like get too caught up on it but man so so many people since they've watched that one mm-hmm. since they've watched that series and especially you know take this how it you will you will what after you know they had that pan ritual in the caves mm-hmm. they say after they watch that people that have had like you know latent quote unquote abilities or whatever that have had experiences or more open to experiences that have kind of shut that out and ignored it. They're like, it's either coming back around or they're noticing it again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It could just be a placebo effect. That's entirely possible. Yeah. But projection, what if it's not? projection, like, but what if it's not? Yeah. What if, this is the route he's taking now is because the other one didn't really work. Yeah. You know, um, who knows? Because obviously to me, if you want to believe everything, he's got a message. Mm-hmm. His people have a message that they want our people to know about. And they're trying to convey it in whatever way they can. Mm-hmm. But it's also mixing with all these other Weird shit, you know, like where it all began in Hilliard, the goblins. Like, yeah. Maybe, it just got so much bigger than that, you know. Maybe they're part of the the Greys. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Because it looked like that Terry Riss was like, he was cleaning house on those. Just mm-hmm. like he claims that that he would go in there and like they would find, he he mentions the, that one of the cave entrances was mm-hmm. filmed on the, 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 Deliverance, mm-hmm. and so he said mm-hmm. in the movie you can actually see the entrance. Really? That's that's what he says. Yeah. Man of all movies. <laughs> so, I know, right? I always make man. My my drama teacher said she had her very first date ever. She went and seen that movie, but the boy, like, oh my god, like how that's like the worst fucking thing I would think. It's like let's go see. The deliverance. Some pig squealing. It's got, Burt, it's got Burt Reynolds in it. It how does could, have Burt Reynolds well, in it, and he's a badass, but. How bad can it be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so bad. So awkward. This is like not a sexy movie at all. <laughs> Ned Beatty, man. I feel bad for him. But uh, uh. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know, guys. What, what, what do you guys think about after we talked about Indra Cole, what, what he could be or. Just any thoughts? Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I always thought he was a time traveler, but 
He could be. A, he could be an alien. I don't know. Yeah. It could be both. Yeah. Or neither. <laughs> or neither. Yeah. We don't know. I mean. Or he could still be here. I think he is. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think so too. Um, I don't know. It just, I don't want him to sound like a religious figure, but it's kind of, or anything. But it, it just feels like he's got a mission. Yeah. To help us. I mean. Yeah, I think. Um, and there's a lot of different experiences that people say that it seems that way you know some of them are very very like medical and aggressive or whatever but for a a lot of people and that that they're trying to help us reach this different basic spiritual plane yeah you know um get into like reincarnation and stuff with that you know because uh, allegedly billy meyer was a reincarnation of all these different prophets which Whatever, everybody thinks they're the king. Nobody wants to be the slave, but you know it, it kind of goes along the lines of like Buddhism and Hinduism, where you level up. Yeah, with each life. There was a there was a story. I, it wasn't in, in Woody's book. It wasn't in Stephen Kill's book. But um, there was a story on the internet somewhere that said, in the later years of Woody, he got really sick and um, he had some kind of stomach ailment, and he was like. He's in a lot of pain, and somebody had said that Ingrid had showed up. And he pulled up in his Volkswagen. Come see me, man. And he showed up. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, oh, my God. Please, that would be, because, you know, I, I have that and something I deal with every day. Yeah. And he's like, oh, aliens show up and just, like, heal me. So he, he shows up, and this is, I mean, I couldn't verify this anywhere. Uh, he shows up and has a vial. Gives it to Woody. Woody drinks it, and then he's okay. Did he have a silver handprint on him later? Wait, no, no that's Max Evans. <laughs> no. Oh my God, are you doing Roswell? Man, for the last three weeks, Brendan, Fear, and Mahandra have been doing watch parties on their Instagram live, and it is the best shit that I've watched in a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think this week. I don't know what day they're doing it on yet, but it's probably they. Well, every week they say it's the last week, and then they do another and another. They're they're watching their Roswell. Right? Yeah, they're watching their Roswell. Like we watched. Uh, um, like the the one where they run away to go find the geodesic dome and then watch the one after that the river dog episode mm. and then last week we watched the one where they go to las vegas and it's just half the time it's like i don't remember this what was happening we should watch yeah. the show sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but they that just have that great. they just have that chemistry in real life because you know like they dated for like two years too and, and all that stuff yeah. they're still like really the best of friends and it's just it's just fun to be like a part of that yeah. conversation and i never watched that show you need to watch that show it's on Hulu. it's really good <laughs> so. the, the remake was hey, it looked like it wanted to be good and after a couple episodes in, I was like, okay. I didn't watch it. I, I mean, I was kind of tempted to because, like, Cherise directed some episodes. Jason was just in some. But it's more based on the novels, I'm pretty sure. Like, after It is, but they changed a couple things on there. Yeah, I mean, that's so. better than trying to be a direct copy, I feel like. But I'd just rather they do a, a reboot, like, like with Charmed. You know, I never watched that either. But it's like everybody that was involved, would, it's open to doing it again. But yeah, they're trying to get that that not really a spinoff show that they did, but it's kind of like a a love letter, yeah, 
type of thing to mm. the fans. It's called Baron and Toluca. <laughs> off of Garen and Deluca, you know. But yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's kind of X Filies, I guess. But they're actors. Oh, man. Yeah. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't even know how many times I've watched it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about mm-hmm. after that. So, I mean, there's... Well, I mean, what, what do you think about Andrew Cole? Do you... I mean... I thought... Because this, this is what always bugged me about it, was that... I And I talked to you, Ash, about this off-show. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why did he pick Woody? Because... that That's what I was thinking. What yeah. was so special about Woody? Well... What was special? Did he just randomly pick him? Yeah. Did he did he foresee a future with him that was just genuine? He thought he was a good person, and um, yeah. My theory is like going back to like the star seeds or whatever mm-hmm. that he was able to hear him. Perhaps yeah. that he had the ability to, you know, understand, or maybe he just could sense in him that he was able to also quote unquote. Accept it here and to like yeah. this as a person that will actually listen to me and not be afraid or you know who knows. Um, in in Woody's book, um, he does say this, and I didn't talk about it, but he does say that Ing- that Indrick Cold said that people in the West Virginia area were more receptive. It could, you know, um, why I don't know. It, it could just why be West like Virginia? Their genetics, like you know, if because that's like. You know, I, allegedly, people that are like Celtic bloodlines tend to have mm-hmm. more genetic or whatever markers. You know, like yeah. people, are people with like RH or RH negative positive whatever that rare blood type that's right. just like nobody knows where it came from. Yeah, there was you um, know, and, and, you know, there was like there was multiple stories, but I didn't I didn't look them up. There was multiple stories of. Whenever uh, Woody saw um, Indrid the first night, there was multiple stories. I think it was like two that the police had gotten that that people claimed that uh, Indrid was trying to wave them down on the freeway, but they didn't stop. Uh, and there was like some other stories in South America that say that at almost during the same time that they were uh, approached by someone in a, a, shiny, a shiny green suit and. Um, didn't say anything about smiling, but um, that they said they were from uh, Genomedes or something, the same galaxy or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the same person, person. as Indrid, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, in the first sighting, they said that the woman was running away, away screaming. Yeah. So maybe reason why he picked that guy is because he didn't run away screaming yeah. or that he actually stopped, you yeah. know? If those other stories are to be believed, you know, it's like, well, finally, okay, this guy stopped and is going to, like, I want to talk to him, um, <laughs> you know? I was telling you off the show too. Um, uh, our friend Juan, you know the guy mm-hmm. that I was that, that cuts your hair. Yeah, <laughs> I've met him like how many times has he come over since I've lived here for almost a year? And I you're know. like, you know the guy that cuts my hair? I'm like, no, <laughs> That's, no, I don't. I say it every time. Every time. <laughs> um, he was he was chatting with me yesterday, um, and he was he was talking about that how he thought that. Indrick Cole needed Woody was because it was like a, a tether or like a, a connection, a conduit. a conduit or something that he had to have someone to communicate with mm-hmm. to be effective on, 
on this earth. Yeah. So that thought that was kind of interesting. It's possible. Oh, okay. And so, like so Rote has good ideas. I think he was like, I think he was, um, I think he was drinking a little bit. So, well, whatever, you know. Yeah, that's how yeah, I came I... out with that that badass title to last week's episode. <laughs> so, and had a couple of the the uh, spring off the Jamaica me happy. Oh, Jamaica, yeah, Jamaica me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what a great title is. <laughs> you should have got a six pack of the unnecessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some reds this week. Hey, is that is that Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy's brand? I don't know, but I, I kind of want to buy a, it, a it, case just to. It needs to be his brand. Yeah, Tom Hardy, <laughs> buy this brand. So, oh. anywho, uh, I think I think that will do it for tonight, man. Yeah, how, how long we got? We got yeah. one minute and twenty three seconds. Okay, yeah, with, well, how? Yeah, what what you already got recorded? Yeah, I got about thirty six minutes. Yeah, on the wrestling stuff. So with uh, Earl the Pearl, mm-hmm. he was. Oh, you uh, add it on to this? Yeah, I usually add it on because Earl and I. Oh, okay. Earl and I were talking about uh, uh, AEW card that was on last night, and um, it was actually a really good pay per view last night. It was really good. Yeah, um, you're laughing really hard. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a, Robert's laughing. That's a good. That's a good skit. Yeah. I I I swear, man. I love Jericho. I love what he does. I do too. He's he is just like he's the hottest thing right now. I think no matter what he chose to do in the entertainment business, he'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, because he's mean, he's a good podcaster too, man. Mm-hmm. I, I listen to his podcast he's every just week. Got charisma. Yeah. He's just he's so the Ayatollah rock and roll. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are you guys ready to go to the wrestling segment now? I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yeah. Because hey everybody, this is the segment where I talked to Earl for Russell talk with Earl of Pearl. Hey Earl, what's up? Hey, nothing much. What's up with you? Man, I'm just working like a dog. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, yeah, it's crazy with everything that's going on with all the states reopening. I mean, especially what you do, I I feel like they'd be working you guys hard. Yeah, I mean it's it's not bad, but it's like it's you know it's work and uh, mm-hmm. it's essential. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're essential, sir. Maybe you'll maybe you'll get that cool little stimulus bonus that they're talking about. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, you're welcome. So, how's how's the family? How's everything going? Oh, they're doing good. They're doing good. Um, they went to War Rock. My son and daughter did. Uh-huh. They went to War Rock with their grandma and grandpa, and then I was working today, so my wife got free reign of the TV in a quiet house. Dang. That's hard. To I know she was so happy. She's probably trying to catch up on, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. on, on some shows. Uh, the Masked Singer. She was probably, the Masked Singer. Probably no, <laughs> no. She watching the Outlander. <laughs> it's funny. It's the opposite. She watched bringing bringing up the baits and then Outlander. Nice. <laughs> Two totally different things. I I always kid I always kid uh, Clifton about that. I because like uh-huh. when I was working at Dish, we used to always say that he watched like twenty seven shows and. So, so I would tell him, I go, hey, man, how's, how's the mass Singer doing? Whenever I talk to him. 
and he and he just goes along with it. Oh, it's good. It's really good. He doesn't even he doesn't he doesn't argue with he doesn't even argue with me anymore. He just does it. That's a that's the best kind of joke when you're just like, oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what you what was it? No, it wasn't Tim Clay. No, it was the Marvel. Talking about he's giving that one guy a hard time in the truck, and then they went to the guys where he was working, and the guy is like, "It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this, this, and this." Like he didn't even know he just went straight into it. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Let's let's jump right into it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the AEW Double or Nothing. Um, okay. Because um, it's uh, the the paperies tonight. Let's let's talk about the card tonight. Mm-hmm. So nice. Let's, I'm ready for that. Um, the number one contenders for, I guess, the uh, the tag teams, the best friends versus private party. Yes. What's What's your take on that? Man, I'm excited about that. I think I think the best friends are going to get it because, man, for since this quarantine's hit, they have just had major storylines. You had the one where they fought Omega and. Mm-hmm. Nakazawa, I think it was. Yeah. And they were going to see who got to have the best friend's uh, name. Because like, I was like, you're a CEO or EVP or whatever. Why don't you just make my name change? He's like, oh, I forgot I am. <laughs> um, and I've heard reports where like Tony Khan and everybody in AEW higher up were super happy with them because they've just said, hey, we got this. And they've just put the shows literally. I mean, there's been other great stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like the whole tournament for the TNT belt and all that. But I mean, they've, they have been predominant storylines keeping the tag team uh, division. And that's the big thing with AEW is they said tag teams are going to matter. So I think they're, I, 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 unless they did something between Wednesday and last night to make somebody mad, I really think they're going to beat private party. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're they're on a roll, and uh, they're going to probably be the be the next tag team titles champions. And stuff. I think they will. I, I don't see why they shouldn't. Uh, Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. That one <laughs> it even happened. I don't know, man. I like how he did it. I like how he's like, I'm going business for myself. It has to happen. And then the commentators were like, Well, let's promote it. So I think Sean Spears wins that. I don't think Dustin wins it. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think Dustin's um, he he's doing what any other veteran's doing. He's he's pushing new new talent over. Yes. So I, I I agree. So I think that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. Oh, I love, Man, I love Chris Statlander. I love Chris. I want to be booped by her. Boop. <laughs> Hi, hi, Chris Statlander. Man, that's sad though. That has I don't have nothing. I love per. Uh, uh, I love Priscilla Ford. I think that's what her name was. Um, but it's just sad that it had to be that because uh, when you watched AEW, you saw the little botch that happened and they hurt her leg really bad. Yeah. Yeah, she was... Um, now, now, unless it's a work like Randy Orton did. Yeah. And that's the only thing I could see is they do a swerve like Randy Orton did when he was... They made, it, made him believe that he was really hurt when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's, but, if, but if not... Um, I don't know who's going to win that match. That's it's it's, it's a, it's a preemptive. Hey, we have to have this match. Let's put her in it. So I don't know. Um, the stampede, uh, the stadium stampede match, the elite versus uh, the inner circle. That that one that one looks promising. I mean, it's um, you get you get all mm-hmm. all, all your main event guys all in like one match yep. together. So 
I, I've had a bad feeling with the storyline they've been telling with the elite and hangman page. I have a bad feeling. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to happen, but to me, Earl, Earl has a bad feeling that hangman page is going to turn rogue and join the inner circle. Who is hangman? Yeah. Hangman page. I could, I, I could, totally, I, I could totally see that. I, but then it would be good though. Cause you'd have a really good storyline because hangman page is good as a bad guy. Like when he was in the bullet club. Yeah. Um, and he could do such good promos um, against Omega and the Young Bucks. But if he doesn't turn rogue, um, I still think the Inner Circle wins it. I think I do. I think they're gonna do. I think if if he turns heel, they're gonna do it after they drop the titles. Now, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, if they don't turn them, I could. That would be a lot. I think, really good. I think that'd be a good storylining. I think the, the the inner circle wins tonight because something Hangman Page doesn't do or doesn't follow through, and it starts build, it starts building for that. So that's, that's maybe he shows up drunk because that's the <laughs> big thing they always make fun of him. Because, yeah, he does drink the beers from the fans, but like I, I've noticed the last couple of weeks on AEW, like whenever Jericho's cutting in promos, he's always talking about you never see him. He's always drunk. Yeah. Maybe he shows up drunk and coughs. Or maybe you don't know he's drunk and he coughs it, and they go, "Are you? Have you been drinking?" And then that starts the turn. I don't know, but I think I, I think I think Inner Circle is going to win it tonight, though. Yeah, I, I I have to agree with you on that one. Um, the AEW uh, women's title, Nyla Rose versus I'm always I'm, I'm going to butcher her name. Um, I can say it for you. Go ahead, Hikaru Shida. Yes, <laughs> I love her. Now here's the thing: I love her wrestling. Um, man, her and she has some really good videos of her just showing you what you can do for the quarantine on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's going to. Hi. I don't know who's going to win that. I, I, I want Hikaru to win it or Shida to win it, but I don't know if you take the take the title from uh, Nyla, if they're really building her to be the beast. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Shida does. I'm going to say she, and me, Earl, calling it, I'm saying Shida wins it just yeah. because she has been on such a roll and they, they've been doing the numbers. They, they've been really true to their word where the numbers matter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Sheeta wins it, but she's going to win it. Um, I, I think Nyla Rose causes herself to lose it. Like she's going to go angry or something. Cause yeah. it's no DQ. It's no DQ. So she's going to get angry and, and mess up. And then Sheeta's going to get her and get that opportunity and win it. That's how I see it going down. Yeah. So I think she, I think, I think Nyla Rose is going to be dominant for at least 80% of the match. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, um, let's see what's next. Uh, the casino ladder match. Um, mm-hmm. Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela stepped in because Ray Phoenix got mm-hmm. hurt. Did you, did you actually see whenever he got hurt? Yes, he did the, he did the, the, the dive. Yeah, he did the moonsault and the people caught his leg, caught his legs, but he didn't catch his, his top part. And that's the part that hit the ground really yeah, hard. Cause it looked like he landed on his shoulder yeah. or his ribs. Yeah, and so, then I, if you listen, <clears throat> if you listen to the the stuff, whenever Orange Cassidy did the dive, uh, the guy that caught him, I can't remember who it was, but mm-hmm. he's like, "I got you. Are you okay?" And he goes, "Yeah." And then when it was over, I heard uh, Kazarian yelling at uh, what's his name, Scorpio Sky. Uh-huh. He's like, "You didn't catch him," and then because they two were right there, yeah. Um, but he was yelling, "You didn't catch him!" About Ray Phoenix. So I think it was just an honest. 
Yeah. No, they weren't in the right position kind of thing. So Joey Janela steps in for, for Ray Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorpio Sky, Kip, Kip Sabian, uh, um, mm-hmm. Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and they say it's a mystery man. Any ideas who? Ooh. Any ideas who you might think it could? Be? I don't even. I don't even know because they've had so many people let go from WWE lately. Um, it could be because we were just talking about that inside at the party that I'm at um, yeah. with some friends. Um, they were talking about it. Um, the names they were throwing around. One was Drew Gulak, just because. Yeah. Uh, WWE dissed him and called him Daniel Bryan's training partner. <laughs> I thought that was thought that was douchey, but you have you have a couple of the other ones that got let go. Um, that would be really good in AEW. So I I don't I don't really I'm not really sure who it could be. I mean, there's a lot of good names. Who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be Gulak. I think cause he's got. He's he's probably going to have ninety days, and I don't. I haven't been keeping track of the of the ninety day stuff with the rest of the yeah the big group that got let go. So maybe yeah, not really sure. It could. So. It had. They have. I know he's been doing the thing on on Instagram, <clears throat> the free EC three. Yeah, and he's been he's been doing a lot of like his videos where he's yeah. just been like intense and like that kind of thing. So I could see EC3. I think he would be really good and he could even, if it is him, he would be good as like a a partner with, uh, 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 Oh, what's his name? The salt of the earth. But I would like to see it be EC3. That's who I would like to see it as. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping that he goes back to Impact. Though. That's just me because I think Impact. No, would, he would be good in Impact. Yeah, because Imp- he. Was, I loved him in Impact. Impact would really, really need him like right about now. But anyway, uh, yeah. Jungle Boy versus. Uh, oh wait, wait. We didn't even talk about who's who's going to win that. Who do you, you know? Now, if it's if it's not somebody that's well known, you know, like someone that you would think that the only person I can see in a storyline would be. Um, uh, uh, oh, what's his face with uh, Darby Allen? Darby Allen. They've been they've been Building they've been him pushing up. him and yeah. Taz and Taz is like dis- disrespecting him, and then all the announcers are like, "Oh, I would take Taz's help," even though <clears> he's <throat> been treating them really poorly. So, yeah. and I like Darby Allen's promos. Yeah, it's very it's very like Quentin Tarantino ish. Yeah, you should you should I like it a lot. You should listen to his his podcast with Jericho. It's a really good podcast. Ooh. Yeah, is it? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, yet. his it's a really good one. He talks about all the stuff that he did and stuff that he had to get by, and he's living in his car and all this stuff. So it was actually really, wow. really cool. So I'm about to do that. Um, Jungle Boy versus MJF. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I think MJF is going to win it with Wardlow's help. Yeah, I think so too. And then they're going to maybe build him in. Uh, Wardlow and uh, what's his name, Luchasaurus or something. I don't know. Yep. Maybe so. I, I and that would be good because Luchasaurus has been beefing a little bit with Wardlow. I thought it was funny. Wardlow slipped and all the wrestlers clowned him <laughs> on <laughs> AEW this week when they were trying to leave. Um, but yeah, I could see that because if, if Wardlow interferes, that would set up a really good Luchasaurus versus um, Wardlow match for a week or two down the road on Dynamite. Yeah. That, that that'd be good. I'd, I'd like to see those those two guys. I would love to see that match. Yes. <clears throat> Cody Rhodes versus Lance Archer. Where you where you, where we you talked see that about one this? We talked about this. Yeah. Unless Murderhawk, because they made Murderhawk stumble a little bit. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. So 
Man, I mean, but I don't know if you can derail. I mean, what would be the point of derailing Murder Hawks? I'm gonna go get one in a minute. Um, I don't see why you would derail Murder Hawks momentum. Yeah, because Cody. Plus, that would also help. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Cody's been put. He's been pushing everybody. He's been putting everybody over anyway. So. Yeah, and he's been he's been pushing people like he let his brother get sacrificed and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't understand why, I don't understand why Jake the Snake wants to try to fight Arn Anderson. You know, when he got in the Hall of Fame, he was like, no, my time's come and gone. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that those two guys never fought in the ring. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that either. That's, that's the crazy. I thought when I got older, I thought, well, maybe when they were coming up. Yeah. Like before the Four Horsemen. Because I understood when they were big. Like in the 80s, Jake the Snake was in WWE or WWF, what do you want to call it? Mm-hmm. And Arn Anderson was on TNT. Yeah. I understood that. And when I got older, I thought, well, you know, they had, they were, it was territories back in the day. They had to have fought each yeah, other. Yeah, at least come I never really looked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't either, but that I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Lance is going to win it and Mike Tyson's going to give him like the title. I bet they, they, they do something a little bit. And then like he, Tyson puts him over, I bet. Mm-hmm. So do you he, think they're going to pull a, an angle like Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels with them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> God, you know, because they're good at punking the WWE, and now you got Mike Tyson with the title. Yeah. Oh, uh, like I feel like he's going to punk and and knock out and knock out Cody like he did with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but no, I I don't see why you would derail Murder Hawk. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know I, I have to agree with you on that one. Uh, John Moxley versus Brody Lee. That I don't. It's a no disqualification, right? Yep. Man, they've been building Brody Lee fast, but they've been building uh, Moxley too. So I don't know. That one's going to be really interesting. Um, because you know, Dark Order, he's going to have all his little flunkies attack. Yeah. And Moxley doesn't have anybody. This is what I think. I think um, I think Brody Lee doesn't need the title, to be honest with you. No, he's, I don't believe so. He's good. He's got his group. You know, he'll get he'll get past this, and he'll just he'll pick an, like another superstar and start picking on them. And yep, th- that's what I think. I, th- I think I think John I think he they. They 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 gotta have someone really good at the face. If it's not Jericho, it's gotta be yeah. it's gotta be Mox. So that's just mm-hmm. me. so. I think I don't know if it's gonna happen. I just thought about what happened on AEW again. Like I said, it's just something you, you always as a wrestling fan. You always learn as you get older that you listen to what they say because mm-hmm. there's a story in the ring. And promos are always supposed to build the story. Like we, you were, I think you were talking that one time about you were, uh, you know, you're supposed to say good things about your opponent, but then also have that backhanded comment at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the one thing that they had on that. Jericho talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but Brody Lee said when it, right before he sacrificed Ken, he said, he said, I'm not a, I'm, I, I, that old group is gone talking about evil Uno and yeah. whoever the other guy was. I forget his name. I forgot the his name little, too. the little Viking warrior yeah. knockoff yeah. guy. 
unless Mox went out and found them. I, that's the only thing I can see is like, like Brody Lee has his little dominions, his little minion guys beating up on Mox. And right when he thinks he wins it, you see evil Uno and the other guy and they beat up Brody Lee and they cost him the thing. Yeah. I could maybe see that. And that's, then that would be a good storyline for Brody Lee because you would have, who is the true leader yeah. of the dark order. So that's, that's actually maybe pretty that good. happens. That's actually pretty good. Maybe that happens, but I don't, I don't know if it will or not. I just, something I, <laughs> I remember hearing. Yeah. Um, so what, that's AEW. What? I mean, I yes. guess, I guess we don't really have to talk about AEW for the week. Cause we're, we're talking about the card now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what did, what did, what did you want to jump to next? Raw, SmackDown, um, we can, NXT. we can do, well, I only watched it. I only watched the first hour of SmackDown with my kids because mm-hmm. I had to work today. Yeah. So we could do raw. Okay. I haven't seen NXT. So I would say raw would probably be the best one. Cause we watched that. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, I actually watched all that. So, uh, Good. edge, edge accepted Randy Orton's challenge for backlash. So they're talking about, yep. it's the greatest wrestling match in history. <sighs> so, I hate McMahon. I hate McMahon so much. You know, you know he he's the one that came up with that, and he's yeah. laughing. It's. An, that's a, that's I, I just feel like <laughs> he's like, oh, damn, for the greatest ever. I'm a genius. I just like I told my friend Daryl today. I was like, I guess they forgot about all the other great wrestling matches, like Ric Flair and, and Ricky the Steamboat. Yeah, and you also had you know, and then you also had like a New Japan Okada and Omega. Yeah, those. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, you know what? That's Vince's handy. <laughs> We're going to be the greatest. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I like it. I think I, I want to see if I want to see if there is ring rust or not. I yeah. really do. Yeah, I, I, I think edges. I think edge is good. I mean, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an edge fan. I'm going to perform. Oh, I mean, shoot. I love edge. Um, <clears throat> but I also like it with the story they're telling because edge is very much an egomaniac um, and he's playing it off like he's not. So Randy Orton knows how to jab at him. You know what I'm saying? So I like what they're doing. Um, Buddy Murphy uh, defeated Ooh. Humberto Carrillo. God, they are squashing that poor kid. Like he yeah, came gang, in on fire gang, and they just. Gangbusters. And then Seth Rollins is the one that squashed him the first time. Like, he should have won against Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins would not lose against him. And ever since then, he hasn't had any good storyline wins or anything. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's, why, God, I don't why, get it. Why, why they're, they're crushing him? Because he's been, he's been there, like, all along. And, you know, not all the yeah. talent, not all the, the big talent wanted to come, and he was there, so. I don't, I don't unless get, you're going to have, yeah, unless you're going to make him be part of Selena <clears> Vegas <throat> thing, like they're going to welcome him back in because they kicked the loss in theory out. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of is, hey, come join us. You've been losing all this time. Come join us and be part of the winners. And then he gets to be heel Umberto. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Ruby Riot. She defeated her, but I, I don't know where, ah. the, I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, I don't know. Showing the queen's dominance, I guess. I mean, she's good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't get her with the NXT. I. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I. I'm not sure whether you're a fan of that. I'm not. To me, that's like a step down. To me, that's just. I don't know how I feel about yeah. it. But I, I know. Mean, I know how you feel about that. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, the only thing I think of is, is she's good. She's a good heel champion. 
She really is. Mm-hmm. She can work. She sells people over. I mean, we're not talking about SmackDown, but you know what she did on SmackDown for Bailey. Um, and she's, she is, even though she's beating them like an NXT, she's making them look real. She's, she's doing what her daddy did when he traveled the territories yeah. and made their, made their number one guy look like he was the greatest wrestler ever. And then six months later, he came back around. You were like, oh, our guy's going to be Ric Flair finally. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, she's doing it, man. I mean, she's making those NXT people look even more better than they would be regularly. So, But, yeah, I don't get why she's NXT champion. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, other than her, I don't know who else is going to step up. I mean, like in a women's division. I mean, because I like mm-hmm. Bailey. I like, you know, I like Sasha. Mm-hmm. N- uh, Nia hurts people. Um, she sure does. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I can't say any more. She sure does. Man, that makes me mad. Yeah. Um. Speaking of her, <laughs> yes, she interrupted Oscar in her championship celebration, and <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. So, yes, my daughter um, and my son are learning about wrestling. That's why it's why we watch certain ones at certain times. Yeah. Um, and then she came in, the, they did a backstage segment and then Oscar went one way and, and, uh, and, uh, her, her, her friend, uh, Carrie Sane went the other way. And then, and, and Naya looked one way and I was like, Oh, she ain't gonna beat up Kyrie Sane. And my daughter's like, no, he's, my, again, they're they're nine and seven. Yeah. No, Daddy, she's not going to attack Kyrie Sane. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Daddy, I know wrestling. And then she beat up Kyrie Sane. I was like, oh, someone beat up Kyrie Sane. She goes, I knew she was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny. That is, that is awesome. <laughs> Get them on commentary. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, they think they, they do. They, they And she uh, likes to mix match Corey Graves and uh, Michael Cole's name on Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. It's, Cor- it's Corey Cole and Michael Graves. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, so, I, I actually like that. That's actually pretty good. I know, right? <laughs> she, she's got but no, I like, I like what they're doing with Nia Jax, though. I really do. I mean, she's, she's staying relevant, and that's really what she wants. So. Yeah, stop hurting people. For real, I mean, <clears throat> you're going to a story for like an hour on that, but I don't want to take all that time up. So that'll be another day. Um, Bobby Lashley, of course, they're building him up with um, um, uh, what's his name? M- MVP. M- MVP. So I, I, you know, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he's gonna go. I mean, no. <clears throat> but I like that they had the swerve <clears throat> that you thought they weren't. And then they did, and then you had Lana throwing yeah. stuff in the back. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm okay with this whole storyline. Yeah, I mean, if it worked with the uh, the Rusev, and that was like the hottest thing for a while was Rusev and uh, Lana oh. and Bobby. L- Even though I didn't really like it, it was like people yes. wanted to see it. And yes, but uh, um, okay. And I'd rather listen to MVP than Lana. So. Yeah, I I, I agree. Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross defeated the uh, Iconics, uh, and it was, uh, I think they got disqualified. They sure did. Peyton Royce let her anger get to her. Yeah. I, you know, I really like them. I like them a lot. I mean, maybe not mm-hmm. maybe not all their wrestling moves, but I, I, I like their, their shtick. I think it's cool. Yep. 
So it's yep, I agree. It's what the, it's what the tag team division has been lacking, and so when they got back, I, was, I go, man, finally. <laughs> I, I agree, and then, but I don't like that. To me, I get the cynical part of it, and she smacked Billy Kay, and then says she was sorry. I was like, crap, they're going to break them up. Just two weeks ago, I was like, oh, I don't see them breaking them up. This is what they need, and now I'm afraid they're going to break them up, and I'm I'm a little sad about that. I don't. I, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I think I feel like this is the beginning. I think this is their this is going to be their their turn where they where they go into serious mode and they they start contending for the for the tag titles and start making it. Start making it mm-hmm. relevant again. So that's that's what I, I hope so. <clears throat> I hundred percent agree with you. Um, okay. Uh, Shanna Shanna Baszler. I said it right. Uh huh. No, <laughs> Shana, but you were close. Shana. You said the last name right. That's what matters. <laughs> Sh- Shana Baszler. Uh, she defeated yeah. uh, Natty in a submission match. I I knew that Natty was Natty was looking good for a minute. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did like her throwing a temper tantrum afterwards like she you know she, like she's not she's not okay being squashed all the time Mm-mm. and she like she tore up uh kevin owens's uh set like before he came <laughs> out so I, I thought i thought that was kind of cool that is me but. i thought that was great i was i there's a little gif where the creature from the black lagoon that's mad he's like blank this thing and he's tearing everything up so when she was doing it i was like i was like blank this sign blank this sign too the heck with this chair and i was that's what i was saying in my mind and it was making me laugh i like i liked it, it make, when they, i like it when they when they, they show their frustration because then you're like, okay, she doesn't like being squashed all the time. Like you said. So yeah. I like, I like that. Um, and then, uh, Kevin Owens came back to do his show with Apollo crew. I get, no, he was doing, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing, uh, the interview with, um, Vega and theory and Garza. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> almost. Well, I, I thought that was kind of cool with the build up for that, you know, and then they had, they had the match afterwards and, uh, um, they kind of, um, Vega and them kind of like, um, so they kind of disthone, uh, disthone, uh, theory. So I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah. he, he stayed out there. I thought that was, that was excellent. Yes. Cause that was the beginning. Just like <clears throat> Buddy Murphy. As soon as he did that, I was like, he's joining. I was like, Oh, Oh, he's pulling a Buddy Murphy. And when I saw that and I, I, I liked it, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious whenever the authors of pain coming back. I mean, man, what, where have they been? I don't understand WWE. I think they're, I think they're probably out of country and they're having a hard time getting back. That's probably what it is. I bet you're right. Yeah. Cause they're like, they're like from way over yonder. Yeah. They're from, I think, uh, Are, I want to say, I don't know, Kazakhstan or something. Kazakhstan or something. Yeah. Else. Something weird like that. Like Armenia. And yeah, it's, it's cause when they won the titles, they were talking about the, the younger of the two being the first ever, whatever <clears throat> nationality he yeah. is champion. So, so yeah, they're from somewhere over yonder, really far away, but I'll never ever be able to travel to. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, Alistair, Alistair Black defeats uh, Buddy Murphy and then mm. uh, off a of disqualification because, you know, you know, um, Seth Rollins kind of re-accrutes theory and he kind of points. He doesn't, he doesn't tell him, he just points and, you know, he yep. knows what to do and he interrupts the match and stuff like that. I, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was, and I'm interested to see because we talked about it last week where he showed his fire and then he was all cocky today and then he got a new follower. 
But Buddy Murphy, they made him look like he wasn't happy until Seth Rollins said attack, and then he just instantly went into blind follow mode. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I I wonder if they're going to have like a little – like I don't think if they have a jockeying for who's the better disciple, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like they did with Vega where they had him and Garza do it. But it opens up a big a big thing because then you could have Seth Rollins going after them and he'll have I don't know it's it it's really good cuz now he's got a a stable going on and there's more possibilities there. Yeah. Um Drew McIntyre defeated Baron Corbin with uh Lashley and um MVP watching like in the background and you know I Yes. I, I think that's pretty good. You know, to be honest with you, that's that was like five years ago. That was uh that was an impact um, main main event. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Drew Drew McIntyre versus <laughs> versus oh, Bobby I mean, Lashley. I meant to tell you when he came back with Drew Gallows, isn't that what he called himself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he came up with the with the with the rise up thing, uh, that was when they were doing a little tour, and I was actually on camera holding up a sign. Really, really? Um, but they, yeah, I had a I had a sign for a YouTuber that I used to watch all the time. Um, but uh, they sent a bunch of swag to work, and uh, Z came back. I don't know if you, I don't think ever met Z, but he's like, "Hey, do you know who this is?" Z, and yeah, it was yeah. Drew Galloway. I knew. Yeah, I knew and Z. I was like. Did you okay? So yeah, he was like, "Do you know who this is?" Because uh, Janet knew that Z was a wrestling fan, but she—I guess she didn't know I was. Like, yeah, it's Drew Galloway. It used to be Drew McIntyre. He was three MB. He's like, "Oh, yeah." I was like, "Yeah, I really like him." And I started talking about his song. And I was like, "Oh, here, bro." And he gave it to me. It's really—it's—it's it's like a little plaque-looking thing. Uh-huh. I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it and take pictures and send it to you. But yeah, I got that and I have it up in the closet. But yeah, that, <laughs> that, but he was good. He was good as the rise up. That was, that was when I was like, Oh, he's actually legitimately a, an actual wrestler wrestler now. And I went back and watched when he went back over to Scotland or Ireland and mm-hmm. first night there threw that dude through a table and took the title. I was like, Oh my God, he's really good. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of cool because when, when he was on impact, he was doing that. He kind of he kind of made uh, Eli Drake. I don't know if you're a big fan. Yes, of he did. He kind of no. Made I was him. gonna say. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And I, no, I was like, yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. I loved Eli Drake when he was part of the Rise Up. So it was like Eli Drake. It was another dude. I think he's in New Japan now. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's a, he's a part of the 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 Gorilla Group and um, Bullet Club. But um, he was he was with them and. I, I you know I thought it was kind of cool because I I like Eli Drake I think he's he has he he's good on the mic and you know he's he he's got the physique he look he looks the part and he, you know you know he he does he does good work so I mean I I, I kind of like it so I did I'll I'll, I, I'll say I this I, I'll say this that you know he's over in in uh, NWA now but uh, I still like him. Yep, I, it was he had a kind of a, a little like Jim Cornette moment whenever he left impact. Uh-huh. Um, so talking about not wanting to wrestle the woman. Yeah. Who was that? Who was he not want? It wasn't Scarlett Boudreaux. Was it, was it Tessa Blanchard that he was talking about? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he lost a lot of respect with some people and then he went over to NWA. Um, but yeah, no, I remember I loved Eli Drake. I thought he was really good with the rise up and then he had his own little, Angle whenever they were doing that, right mm-hmm. around the time Damian Sando came back, yeah, as 
I was so mad because I was like, yes. And they turned him into some really weird character. And I was like, oh, no one ever knows how to use no one knows how to use him properly. Yeah. It made me really sad. Yeah, he's. I think he's on. He's on uh, in 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 NWA now. So I think he's kind of doing that character again. Uh, so you know he's he, he he's doing the one where he he wears like the the robe and the and the towel. Mm-hmm. And he Gosh. has he has he has a wrestler that's that's a mass wrestler. I don't know who he is. And uh, he like whenever he whenever he's tired or sweaty and doesn't want to do any, like any more wrestling, he calls this guy mm-hmm. up. He goes, okay. Goes come up here and you know finish the work for me. <laughs> so this wrestler, this wrestler comes up. He comes up. He he takes he takes the match. He wins and then like the crowd likes him. And then like you know uh-huh. you know he he you know he raises his hand up and no one cheers. And this guy walks into the picture and they all cheer and they go no. He goes no. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Now, it is. Now that's that's something. I, that's something. See, when you do something little like that, that that's that that's that's the good stuff. I just don't know. You, I just don't know who the wrestler he is. This mass. I don't know who that is. So, okay. Um, yeah, that's what I like. Like I was watching Xavier Woods on their little up, up, down, down. And he mm. said, if he ever started his own promotion, he said that he would have one match once where the heel is pinning the guy mm. and he get to two and he looks at the ref. All right, I'm right there. Uh, he looks at the ref and says, no, that was three. And the ref's like, you know what? You're right. Ring the bell. And I was like, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you're like, Oh, that's pretty, you know what I'm saying? That's a genius. You don't do it all the time. Yeah. It's like once every blue moon, but yeah, that's pretty funny though. I like that gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I did, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch impact this week. I just, oh, I, okay. I, I was just too busy. I was too busy doing stuff. And, Okay, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and do this next week. And Earl, I really appreciate it. Um, you have any shout outs for any, for anybody? Um, yeah, I do. Thank you for that, uh, and I thank you for having me. I really do. I really love talking wrestling, and I love talking to you. So it's great. Um, I just want to shout out um, my friend Lisa because she's been listening to the podcast um, and everything like that, listening to this part and then other parts of that. Um, and then I also just want to shout out my wife and my two babies. So, uh, Joanne, Zoe, and Zach, um, they make, Zoe and Zach makes wrestling a little bit funner again. Cause I like to see what I had at that age. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, right on, so. man. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's, that's, hey, you're aw- welcome. that's awesome. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk next week. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Talk to life. I must bid you adieu, and so, good bye, <laughs> and good night, bang! <laughs>